in the big wide world of theology, where do you even begin? That's a hard question, and today I'm going to give some clarity on the different kinds of theology and, again, why it's important for us to study it. I'm Ben. Uh, I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Life Fellowship Church. Um, my partner, Dan, is not here, but Josh, you're here, and I'm glad am. to have you here again. Um, Thanks. Real quick question. This is kind of out of the blue. Yeah. I love dropping things on you. Thanks. Uh, what has been, who has been one of the major theological influences in my life, yeah. Um, re- the most recent theological influence is, is a little bit controversial, but he's a Christian apologist named Randall Rouser. Okay. He's not very well known. Okay. I um, mean, he's a little bit controversial for some of his views, but I find um, the way that he um, expresses kind of ca- there's an intellectual honesty for him that is a fierce intellectual honesty, mm. and that gets to me. So I'm yeah. super interested in anyone yeah. who it just seems like they are really, yeah. they don't care what is like. You're supposed to say about <laughs> Christians or the church. Yeah. This is like what seems to be true. So okay. that would be one. Um, I appreciate that answer. I think one of the things that all of us have is we have these influences mm. on yeah. us that that we gravitate towards. And 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 I know that was true for me. And and there was some people that had some incredible uh, that, that were very formative in my in my development in my theology. Hmm. Obviously, growing up when my dad being a pastor, he was very formative. I, I had it when I was growing up. I could ask my dad any theological question, and he just seemed to have the answer. You know, and I and I'm very grateful for that that I had that kind of relationship and. And I have a father who I can talk about these kinds of things with. But you know, throughout my you know my education, whether it was certain professors that I had. Um, I've had some really incredible professors. I remember when I moved down here to Charlotte back in the early 2000s, I took a couple classes with Norman Geisler, which was a wow. really incredible experience. Yeah. Um, you know, learning from afar, reading a lot of books by people like Tim Keller has been very formative in my ecclesiology and some of the doctrines that he has taught. But you know, I think that there's all of us have to have some influences to say, okay, who has really shaped you, informed you? Yeah. None of us, if you believe something about the Bible, you believe something about God, there has been someone in your life or there have been influences in your life that have helped shape that inside of you. And obviously we know that the Holy Spirit is the ultimate one who drives that that shaping. But um what I want to do today is really talk about the different categories of theology, and then I want to give you some suggestions on possibly ways to help, you know, educate yourself in this. So, so what I want to first want to do is want to talk about big picture idea theology. So, so for example, when I was when I went to school, I went to a dispensational school. What does that mean? <laughs> Dispensationalism is a kind of a school of theology. Okay. So within the Christian umbrella, you have Catholic, you have what we would consider Episcopal or Anglican, and what fits under Episcopal Anglican is um, sometimes Methodism fits underneath that. Then you have Reformed or Covenant theology. That's another big kind of uh, section of, of doctrines. Um you also have charismatic theology. Mm-hmm. And so when you are picking up a theology book, 
a lot of times, especially a one volume systematic theology book, most of the time it's going to fit one of those, you know, or Arminian is another, Arminian theology is another kind of subset of umbrella theologies. So I grew up in a dispensational theology, which again, had its, almost all of them, excluding Catholic, have a very orthodox view of Theoproper and and some of the nine. I'll, I'll go over the ten systematics in just a bit, but they vary. Where the variation comes is okay. What does the work of the Holy Spirit do? Yeah. What is what's the nature of the church ecclesiology eschatology? Yeah. Right. They they the you know nature of uh, soteriology, nature of salvation. This is when some of those other they they kind of disagree in those in those points, but. Um, so you need to understand that there are schools of theology, and when you are reading a theologian, they're going to come from a different school. I believe it was Zondervan that has a whole host of theological books that they created probably 20, 25 years ago, and I think they're still creating them, but they'll have three views on the millennial, uh, uh, three or four views on sanctification. I love that. Right? And, and you, what I they- I have one of those you, books. I've got a couple of them in my library- and they're really good because they give you the the one issue and they come at it from all these different angles and the person presents their case and the the three other or the two other right. get a chance to kind of respond back to them. Yeah. And and I love that because I think it's important for you to understand what's the other side yes. of these things. But when we talk about theology, okay, so what are we when you're saying, well, what's my school? Okay, or what's our school? One of the things I would say is we we don't necessarily espouse to the a, a strict um, reformed uh, or or dispensational school. We we are a, we are in some ways a hodgepodge of some different ones. We really try to keep very orthodox on some of those things, without getting into schools of charismatic or reformed or or some of these other things. Yeah. And again, every church has we have our own doctrinal statement, which gets into some finer points of theology. But what's it, what's unique about Life Fellowship is, is from the very beginning, we have tried to be very, hold moderate positions on a lot of um, theological issues that you could get caught in the weeds. Like there are certain churches that they're just, you know, Presbyterian, Reformed, that's just who they are. Yeah. And they're not ashamed of it. And that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the church being a part of that school. But for us, what we have tried to always value is we're going to stay, keep the main thing, the main thing, and we're going to give pe- pre- people the freedom for those, remember those closed hand, open hand things yeah. that, that there can be some variation in the open handedness of, of issues. And you can still be a part of this church. It's yeah. always historically been a value here at, at life fellowship. So, um, that's the first kind of category of theo- schools of theology, what I would call them. Then I'm going to talk about the next thing I want to talk about is the kinds of theology. All right. Now, okay. this is this maybe I'm not even sure if this is common knowledge, but there's different kinds of theology. All right. Okay. So the first kind of theology is what we call historical, and these are not in any order, but historical theology. Okay. When someone, these categories of historical theology is theology that has been developed. Primarily through the church, okay, the historical theology of the church over time. Mm-hmm. So, what did the church believe about baptism in the uh, Antinicene fathers? Yeah. 
when I say anti-Nicene, I mean against Nicene, but it's before the Nicene Creed, which is a very fundamental turning point, not to say turning point, but it was a it was a big moment in yeah. the history of the church. And so you have all these big categories or these these sections, these movements within the church history. And we in in historical theology is the development of these doctrines over time. Hmm. Or how has you know, reform theology. How did it develop historically in the in the history of the church? Yeah. Um, so historical th- theology is really good because I think one of the things <laughs> that most Christians, you might be saying to the listening to this, and you're thinking, well, the church has always believed the same, and you're like, well, no, no. There's been there has been some variation. I I what I would say is when it comes to the core orthodoxy, the you know whether it's the um, the Apostles' Creeds. Some there have been some core things that have never been disputed. Yeah, but there has been what I would say. Th- there has been a majority opinion that has shifted over time on certain other doctrines that people would say, oh well. For example, the majority of the of the church was primarily premillennial up until about the fall of Rome, and then the majority of the church. Was amillennial. I'm talking about eschatology right here. Amillennial. I think we've talked about some of these doctrines in episodes past, but especially when we went over the whole um, Book of Daniel series. Hmm. And then right around the, you know, uh, what I would think probably the late 17th century to early 20th century, the predominant eschatological viewpoint was postmillennialism. And then you had this rise of dispensational premillennialism from the 1850s to about right about now, you know, and now you're seeing a you know rise of amillennialism again. It, it, so it's just like you see these kinds of things, and a lot of people think, well, this is what the church has always believed, and what I be- historical theology helps you understand what what the majority church opinion was on certain things at certain times. And so it don't get caught up in that, but it's helpful for you to understand that there have been what I love about historical theology is you get to chance to see the outside um, powers at work that have shaped the church. Yeah. And unfortunately, it hasn't always been the word of God. And you we've got to always go back to what is our authority? Our authority is the word of God that shapes what we think and believe. And there have been times in history past, when the church would say, well, we believe in this doctrine. Well, why? Because culturally speaking, it was more advantageous to believe that. And and so, but, but what I what I always love about historical theology is you always see how the Spirit of God works to, to correct where the church seems to be drifting off. Yeah. You see that over and over and over again. So that's one category of theology. Another category of theology, and these are I'm starting with some lesser known theologies. There's another kind of theology called philosophical theology. Mm. Philosophical theology is this idea of st- the study of theology without a um, foundational text. It's c- what can we know and what can we learn simply through logic and reason, which was very popular you know, within apologetics ministries. They, mm. re- they really dig into philosophical theology. And I think there's a time and place for that. I think there's there's environments where you need to be what we do as Christians is we say the word of God says. Well, when you have someone sitting across the table from you says, I don't care what the word of God says. 
what do you do? Right. <laughs> you you have to okay, so there are certain things that you can still argue for because of logic, reason, yep. general revelation. We'll talk about general revelation later, but that you can point to and say, okay, this is this is why I know this is true. Yeah. That's philosophical theology. Um, next you have another major category is what I call biblical theology. And underneath biblical theology are some subsets like Old Testament theology and New Testament theology. This is the this is historical and chronological development of themes in the Bible. These are theological concepts that that are presented at throughout the biblical narrative. Hmm. So it it might be what is the what's the you know how do I understand the doctrine of or the the practice of prayer in the book of uh, Isaiah? Right? How do I understand the work of God's providence in the book of Ruth or across the span of the Old Testament? Yeah. How do I understand the doctrine of the Trinity as it was revealed throughout Scripture? Because that, you know, we'll talk about the, the doctrine of the Trinity later. We might even spend an entire episode on the doctrine of the Trinity. But that's not, it, you don't start off with, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, there was the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. We don't see that. We see this, this unveiling of you know, one God in three persons. We see all three persons of the Trinity active in the Old Testament, but there's not this pretty concise picture, like when we see the baptism of Jesus, mm. when you know the Great Commission, or even... That come at Pentecost. We don't see the very clear all three persons working or being mentioned in one moment. Yeah. So biblical theology is helpful for us to understand certain parts of the Bible and it helps us understand the it brings theological concepts and puts them through the biblical narrative that helps us understand this is this is one story we're coming to. Um, and, and there's really been a resurgence in in biblical theology lately, you know. Because so taking the book of Daniel, what are the themes? What are the theological themes in this book that we can learn? That so I'm looking instead of systematic theology, which is very categories, uh, you know, looking how books of the Bible unveil certain theological themes. So I, I love biblical theology. Hmm. Um, I think there's a there's a role and a place for that in all of our study. Um, and then la the last category is systematic theology. Cool. Systematic theology, and this is probably the one that most people are familiar with. Systematic theology is really an, an organizing and a synthesizing of theological beliefs into coherent frameworks, okay? So what I mean by that is it's taking scripture and logic and reason and saying, okay, there are... There are all different kind of passages of scripture that deal with the nature of God. We're going to lump all them and kind of develop a, yeah. a, a synthesis of ideas about the, the nature of God. And so systematic theology is really the ones that, you know, when I went to Bible college, that was the theological, um, that, that's the theological education I got. And when you come to systematic theology, there are 10 major categories of systematic theology. And in this series, Theology 101, we're gonna, that's going to be our primary focus. I'm going to take us through, um, and when Dan gets back, he's going to join me, the 10 major doctrines hmm. of systematic theology. And the 10 major doctrines are, number one, bibliology. Now you might be saying, why do you start with bibliology? Hmm. 
Do you ever, do you ever, I mean, does that, you know, do people wonder, why do you do that? Well, you, we do that. We do biblical theology, number one, because all of, all of the rest of the ologies don't really help you if the word of God is not your final source of authority for, for faith and practice. And so most systematic theology books start with bibliology. I know from when I went to Bible college and seminary, your foundational theology class was bibliology because you need to have something to say, I'm, I'm trusting, I have a trustworthy source of truth and revelation that I'm going to build the rest of my theology on. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first one. The second one is what we call theology proper. Now, theology proper is basically the, uh, the study of God and the person of God. Mm-hmm. Um, then this, the third major category usually is Christology, and that's where the study of Christ, the nature of Jesus, who he is, and, and um, what we know about his character, nature, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Number four, pneumatology. Pneumatology is starting with a P. Pneumatology. Oh. So, so that comes from the Greek word. A lot of these are Greek words that they just turn into... They stand for certain words, but pneumatology, uh, pneuma is the Greek word for spirit. So it's the study of the Holy Spirit. Um, who is the Holy Spirit? The personhood of the Holy Spirit. The, again, the nature of the Holy Spirit, How he, why we know he's divine, why he's the third person of the, of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, in the life of the church. So that's all pneumatology. Um, number five, soteriology. Soteriology, it, and, and so you have bibliology, and usually theology proper, Christology, and pneumatology are those three really are studied together because they all have to do with the the persons of the Godhead, right? right. Okay, and there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap between the the three of them. The next three are are an, is another kind of overlapping, and that is. Um, Soteriology, hamartiology, and anthropology. So, so soteriology is the doctrine of salvation. How do we know what happens um, with salvation? Hmm. Uh, the nature of faith, the you know the the work of God as He saves us, um, the the nature of the atonement. Again, mm-hmm. so there's some overlapping of of Christology, but pneumata or, or uh, soteriology is re- that's where the uh, Calvinism, Arminianism mm-hmm. is kind of that's where a lot of those debates happen. Yeah. Um, anthropology, or I'm sorry, Hamartiology is is after that, and Hamartiology is the doctrine of sin. Hmm. What do we know about sin? The nature of sin, and you really can't study Hamartiology apart from anthropology, which is the study of man, the the man's nature, man's. Uh, what does the Bible teach us about who man is? Why does he need a savior? Yeah. Um, so the the three soteriology, homartiology, and anthropology are very they're very intertwined yeah. with one another. Then the last three, um the the, the next one that, that that this is the exciting one. When you get this in Bible college, like, ooh, angelology. You get to learn about demons and angels and the devil and and people are, this is this is kind of the the exciting one uh, that a lot of people, you know, what is the nature of of the devil and the demonic world, the spirit world? How do angels work and how do they operate? Yeah, it's 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 fascinating because the Bible doesn't really 
put an emphasis on this as much as we love to right. kind of dig into, you know, it's such a, if you're to put like kind of volumes, this would be the thinnest volume. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's There's not no that big. <laughs> um, and then the last two usually go together and that's ecclesiology and eschatology. Ecclesiology is the doctrine of the church. So again, Greek word ecclesia. Uh, so, and really what your viewpoint of what the church is and how it's related to the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant and the promises to Israel determine what you believe about your eschatology. So that's why there's a lot of intertwining between ecclesiology and eschatology. And eschatology, obviously, the study of last things, it's not just about Jesus's return, but it's about heaven and hell and eternal destinies. And so these are all the 10 major doctrines. And what what my hope and what my desire is as we go through this series is maybe spending one, at least one, maybe two, depending on what we can get through, but just kind of, we're going to do some flyovers of the major doc, the major beliefs of each of these categories. Yeah. What's the things you've got to know? And what are the Bible verses? So you might want to listen to these next, you know, 10 to 15 episodes with a piece of paper and a pen yeah. to just write down scriptures, um, because I'm going to be giving to the, these things to you like rapid fire. Yeah. Um. So, so that's, when we talk about theology, that's that's something that's important. I, I will say this. If you are interested in a one-volume systematic theology book, the one I always recommend, and there's, there's a bunch of them that are good out there, but the one I have appreciated the most is the one by Wayne Grudem. Hmm. Wayne Grudem, and again, he's more of fr- from a Reformed perspective, but he does an amazing job of really summarizing deep theological points into one volume of systematic theology. So um, that would be my one recommendation if someone's interested in getting a book and buying it, studying it, reading theology on their own. That's something I, w- I would suggest. But um, but that's theology. Nice. All right? <laughs> my hand hurts from all the notes I've been taking. Uh, I, hope th- I hope that you've learned a little bit more about when we say theology, what do we mean? Uh, it, it's a broad topic. There's different ways that that we can study God. We can study His Word, um, but we're gonna for the next few weeks we're gonna look into what it looks like to to study these systematic study the Word of God and, and understand God systematically. So, thanks again for joining us here on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.